Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. I want to thank you for coming back another week for some travel news, travel tips, and some travel chats. In August, the Traveling Culturati ventured to Croatia. You heard me talking about it for quite some time. I've invited some of the travelers to tell you all about it. We flew into Split, cruised, or shall I say yachted, from Split to Dubrovnik, stopping at coastal ports and islands along the way, and then we stayed in Dubrovnik for a few nights. Now today I have a few of those travelers chatting with me on their experiences, and for some, what it was like on their first international trip since the pandemic. Now, I must warn you, though, you're going to have some serious W-I-W-T. That's I wish I was there. We'll also have Javon's Travel Minute. But right now, let's get into a little travel news. With airfares on the rise leading up to Thanksgiving and Christmas, and COVID-19 restrictions in flux, it's time to start thinking about booking holiday travel. Yes, I said it. I know summer just ended, but yeah, we got to start thinking about when to book for Thanksgiving and Christmas. We're less than 100 days away. (laughs) I know time is just going by so fast. Now, according to the travel booking app Hopper, The cheapest fares for Thanksgiving and Christmas will be this week, so you need to start doing your homework. Travelers can expect to find domestic Thanksgiving fares pricing at around $300 round trip, which is down slightly from pre-pandemic levels. As for Christmas, domestic flights will be even more expensive than 2019 at around $430 per trip. Booking your Thanksgiving and Christmas trip before Halloween will save you up to 40% on fares. And if you're celebrating Hanukkah, remember that this year it starts the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So you want to keep an eye on those dates as well. But we have to remember that there is still the virus to contend with, COVID-19. I can't wait until the time where I don't need to say COVID or pre-pandemic or pandemic ever again. Anyway, while travel restrictions have eased up, it's a smart idea to triple check your airline hotel or other carriers refunds, their change and cancellation policies. A lot of airlines are still being pretty flexible, but you will need to look into whether or not you might be charged. You want to get travel insurance. That's another thing to consider. Not every plan will cover COVID-related issues, however, so make sure you read the fine print and to shop around for plans that meet your needs. I am very much an advocate for travel insurance. You'll also want to keep an eye on the local situation and any mandates where you're traveling to, especially if it's international, because restrictions are very fluid these days, so you want to make sure that you're up to date. One thing for certain is you will have to produce a negative COVID test prior to entering most countries and certainly to return to the United States. But it's a good idea to do that if you're traveling home to visit family as well, as you want to make sure that you're not putting anyone else in harm's way. Bottom line is you're going to have to do your homework in advance. And if you're flying, you'll still need to mask up 
and it's highly recommended that you double mask with the Delta variant and especially if you're not vaccinated. The best time to travel? Certainly everyone is looking for a good fare, so check your calendar and try to be flexible with your travel dates when you're booking. The travel app Hopper tells us that the cheapest day to travel domestically for Thanksgiving is Monday, November 22nd. For Christmas, Thursday, December 21st will be the day to grab the best fares if you're traveling domestically. But for international, you can wait to go until December 23rd to save the most. Plane tickets are also cheaper on the actual holiday. So if you want to celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas, at least partially in the airport, that's a good day to fly. You can also check those canceled flights from 2020 that you weren't able to take. You may still be able to use them. Just contact the airline to see if they still have validity, if you still have a ticket voucher available. Travel is also changing for foreign nationals. The United States has announced that it will ease travel restrictions this fall for foreign nationals traveling to the United States. The eased travel restrictions are for people who have proof of vaccination and can produce a negative COVID test. The changes will take effect in November and will allow those families who have been separated by travel restrictions for 18 months and also people with work visas that haven't been able to get back to their jobs in the United States and of course tourists as well. The new policy will replace travel bans first instituted by President Donald Trump last year and then tightened by President Joe Biden that restrict travel by non-citizens who have in prior 14 days been to the United Kingdom, European Union, China, India, Iran, Republic of Ireland, Brazil, and South Africa. Biden will also tighten testing rules for unvaccinated American citizens who need to be tested within a day before returning to the United States, as well as after they arrive home. Fully vaccinated passengers will not be required to quarantine. There will be no immediate change to U.S. land border policies, which restrict much of the cross-border travel with Mexico and Canada. The travel bans had become the source of growing geopolitical frustration, particularly among allies in the UK and the EU. The easing came ahead of Biden meeting with some European leaders on the margins of the United Nations General Assembly last week. The EU and UK had previously moved to allow vaccinated U.S. travelers in their countries without quarantine. This was in an effort to boost business and tourism. So they weren't too happy when the ease of travel restrictions were not reciprocated by the United States. But since then, the EU recommended that some travel restrictions be reimposed on U.S. travelers to the block because of the Delta variant of the coronavirus in the United States. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will require airlines to collect contact information from international travelers to facilitate tracing. The announcement was met with a round of applause and lots of cheers by the air travel industry, which has lost significant revenue from declines in international travel. Worldwide, air travel is still down more than half from pre-pandemic levels, and the decline is much sharper for cross-border flying. By July, 
domestic travel had recovered by 84 percent of 2019 numbers but international travel was just 26 percent of the same month two years ago this is according to figures this month from the airline industry's main global trade group the international air transport association Myron Brilliant, head of international affairs for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, said in a statement, allowing vaccinated foreign nationals to travel freely to the United States will help foster a robust and durable recovery for the American economy. Now, Carnival Cruise Line is now operating 11 ships from seven U.S. home ports. With Carnival Dream and Carnival Glory resuming guest operations on September 19th, Carnival Cruise Line now has 11 ships in operation again, representing half of its U.S. fleet. Beginning with its return to guest operations on July 3rd with Carnival Vista, the line is operating from seven U.S. ports, including Miami, Galveston, Seattle, Port Canaveral, Long Beach, Baltimore, and New Orleans. Christine Duffy, president of Carnival, stated, Having half of our U.S. fleet back in operations provides positive economic impact on our home ports and port-of-call destinations, along with giving our guests their much-needed vacations and helping our crew support their families back home. We couldn't have accomplished this without the support of our travel partners, business partners, and port and destination partners. Carnival Dream became the third Carnival ship to operate year-round from Galveston when it departed this past weekend on a six-day Caribbean cruise, while Carnival Glory is the first ship to set sail from the Port of New Orleans, operating a seven-day voyage to the Bahamas. With 11 ships already in guest operations, including the introduction of Carnival's newest and most innovative ship, Mardi Gras, other ships will resume service throughout the fall and early 2022. The American Airlines and JetBlue Airlines deal is in question. The Justice Department and officials in six states have filed a lawsuit to block a partnership formed by American Airlines and JetBlue, claiming that it will reduce competition and lead to higher fares. The Justice Department said the agreement will eliminate important competition in New York and Boston and reduce JetBlue's incentive to compete with American in other parts of the country. Attorney General Merrick Garland said the lawsuit was about ensuring fair competition that lets Americans fly at affordable prices. Garland said in a statement, in an industry where just four airlines control more than 80% of domestic air travel, American Airlines alliance with JetBlue is, in fact, an unprecedented maneuver to further consolidate the industry. It would result in higher fares, fewer choices, and lower quality service if allowed to continue. Now, American and JetBlue vowed to fight the lawsuit and to continue their alliance unless a court orders them to stop. American and JetBlue announced their deal last year and have already started coordinated flights in the Northeast. They argue that it is a pro-consumer arrangement that has already helped start 58 new routes from four airports in New York and Boston also to add flights on other routes and plan new international destinations. American CEO Doug Parker said that blocking the deal will take away consumer choice and inhibit competition, not encourage it. 
This is not a merger. American and JetBlue are and will remain independent airlines. The lawsuit comes two months after President Joe Biden issued an executive order calling on government agencies to help consumers by increasing competition in the airline industry and other parts of the economy. The Transportation Department approved the agreement with certain conditions in January during the final days of the Trump administration. The airlines gave up some takeoff and landing slots at JFK International Airport in New York and Washington Reagan National Airport outside of Washington, and they agreed not to cooperate on setting prices. The airlines call their partnership the Northeast Alliance. It lets American and JetBlue sell seats on each other's flights and give customers reciprocal benefits in separate frequent flyer programs. Delta Airlines is ditching its pre-pandemic boarding process. Delta Airlines will no longer board planes from back to front, moving away from one of the last coronavirus pandemic era practices in the airline industry. This week, the airline went back to boarding its planes by zones which are allocated based on seat assignment and loyalty status. The decision was made because boarding back to front disrupted efficiency. Southwest Airlines has announced they will continue the ban of alcoholic beverages on board planes through at least the end of the year, but maybe to follow along with the mask mandate, which is extended until January 18, 2022. After announcing in May that the airline would resume serving in-flight alcohol by late June, a violent attack from an unruly passenger sent a flight attendant to the hospital, and that led executives to postpone the return of alcoholic beverages. They're not the only airline to do so. On August 19, American Airlines announced that it would be extending its own suspension and ban of alcohol sales through January 18. However, if you're flying in first in business class, you can still imbibe. The rules only affect passengers in the main cabin. Well, that's all I've got for travel news. And when I come back, we'll have Javon's Travel Minute and chats with a few of our hashtag Croatia Culturati on their travel experiences. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you visit the website, travelingculturati.com. Connect with me on social media and join the travel club. Remember, we're heading to Dubai and the Maldives, the Dubai Expo. It's being held 2021 and 2022, and we're going to be there February 23rd through March 2nd. This year's theme is connecting minds and creating the future. Going beyond Dubai, we're offering an extension to the Maldives for a luxurious over-the-water bungalow experience. And we're going to Ghana January 21st through the 29th for a cultural experience. Of course, we'll visit Cape Coast, have a naming and atonement ceremony, connect with the Ghanaian culture, learn the history, visit the W.E.B. Du Bois Center, and of course, taste Ghanaian cuisine. Again, you can find out all of the information at TravelingCulturati.com. And now, 
Javon's Travel Minute. Just about every city has free walking tours. Of course, when I say free, I mean plus tip. <laughs> Still, it's free. Conducted by organizations and or people who have a love and passion for particular parts of their city. That's also the beauty of these walking tours. They're not just your cookie cutter standard variety tours. They can be anything from architecture, music, tasting, or art, just to name a few. I once took a jazz history tour of New Orleans and an architecture tour through some of Chicago's historic buildings. There's also many websites and apps you can book free walking tours through, and you can find them all over the world. Some usual places can be historical societies who often connect with docents and historians. So rather than promote one site over another, you can just Google free walking tours for a list in the city or destination of your choice. Happy trails, and don't forget to tip. This is Javon, and that was your travel minute. You know, we went to Croatia in August and many of you called and you contemplated and some of you decided not to go, but we did have a brave few that decided to go ahead and travel to Croatia. We went August 27th into September, actually September 7th, because most people did the extension to Dubai. And I have two of the travelers with me to talk about their experience. I have Lawrence and soon to be Mrs. Sakita Gross. There's a story behind that, too. Hello, guys, and welcome. <laughs> Hi, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you so much for joining us on the on the trip. It definitely would not have been the same without you. We had such a fabulous time. Yeah, we did. We had fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, was this your first international trip since the pandemic? No, we went to Mexico back in May. Okay. This year, so this was our second. Okay. And, and was there a big difference between the two? No, because there were still mask mandates for inside everywhere. So it was pretty much the same as it is here, as it was there. Okay. I'm not sure if it's still the same, but there was a time where Mexico was not requiring a COVID vaccine. No, it wasn't vaccination. It was masks. Okay. And they also didn't require a negative uh, test either upon arrival. No, not, not for entry, but for exit you had to take a test. Okay. So you went to Mexico in May. And prior to that, what was your last international trip? Our last international trip was in 2019, December to South Africa. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So you all are definitely back into the swing of things as far as traveling is concerned. And uh, but but was there now because Mexico is a lot closer to the United States than Croatia is. So was there any trepidation going to Croatia because of the distance and the amount of time on a flight? I would say yes and no. Yes, because things had kind of ramped up with the new Delta variant. But no, because we were vaccinated and we did a lot of research on the vaccination. So we were nervous, but we still went. We were just like, you know what? We just want to go. We're just going to pray about it. We already vaccinated. We just want to go. Okay. That's, okay. that's what we do. Lawrence, what about the trip appealed to you? I'm a history buff, and I've always wanted to spend some time in Eastern Europe. 
And so when I saw that, it was Croatia understanding the breakup of Yugoslavia. As soon as I saw the trip, I was saying to Sakita, it's not if we're going, we're going. Yeah, it is a beautiful destination. And I think that a lot of people kind of forget that they're no longer in a civil war. And actually, the entire country was not in a civil war, only certain aspects of it, because different places that we went to, we understood that. So how did you feel during the trip? How did that feel as far as certainly in the climate that we're in, but also just the trip in general? Overall, I felt very safe. I felt comfortable. The reception of the people was great. And the accommodations that were provided were nothing less than outstanding. So for me, it was kind of like a dream come true. And then the various sites that we went to see, for me, it was just nothing less than fantastic. It was overall great trip. Now, did you both have the same favorite experience or do you have different favorite experiences about the trip? Well, because I am a foodie. <laughs> the food was a big highlight for me. Like he said, he's a history person, so he really enjoyed like all of the different places that we went. But I really enjoyed like the food and the wine. <laughs> but nothing about the Game of Thrones. I mean, uh, of course, the Game of Thrones was definitely, definitely a plus for me. Game of Thrones to see where some of that was filmed—that was a plus. <laughs> we had a small group of folks who were Game of Thrones fans and so we i'm happy that we were able to get you on one of the game of throne tours and they came back with these smiling faces that were <laughs> games of thrones winter is coming <laughs> <laughs> so did it really give you that perspective of watching the series and the places that you visited did it really connect it for you Yes, because they had pictures of the actual places where they had filmed and we had actually was able to walk through some of the set sites there. So, yes, they definitely gave us a feel of being back when we were watching. Okay, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, wow. Oh, I remember that scene. It gave you context and understanding one, how it fit into the overall film, but also the tour guide that we had gave us an idea of the level of difficulty associated with filming in an open environment like that. I can tell you on my first trip to the area or the one that I did earlier this year in vetting the destination, he talked about elements of Games of Thrones, but having never seen one episode, sorry, guys, (laughs) I had no clue. I had no clue what he was talking about. And I just thought, oh, okay, that's nice. And he did kind of pause like this woman has never seen one episode of Games of Thrones. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. So he quickly said, okay, let me stop pointing these things out because she doesn't even have a clue on what I'm talking about. So Lawrence, being a history buff, how did you feel about the military tour that we did? I didn't take the tour, the military tour, and reason being is because I've seen so many different locations, you know, with military aspects. But as far as being in the country and actually having been in Germany and other areas, it kind of gave me an idea of what it must have been like to live there and have to endure that. Because I noticed one of the things, they didn't call it a civil war. But they understood the significance of it and the damage that it caused to the country and to its historical sites. And historically, going back to when it was Yugoslavia and then kind of brought together after the Second World War, it was basically borders that were forced upon them. 
at that time. And I just look at it now as they've developed and they're looking at their own identity. They wanted to go back to those original borders or back to their tribal borders. And you could understand the, the conflict that that must have been like to be fighting a neighbor or a friend or someone you've grown up with all your life. Sakita, I want to go back to you because you know I'm a foodie as well. It's one of the things that we share whenever you're on one of my trips. We talk about the food. So what did you like about the food and what was your favorite dish or do you have one? What I liked about the food was everything was really, really different and it was fresh, especially the food on the cruise ship. There was a lot of variety. There was color. There was flavor. Just everything. I love the food. It was really amazing to be on a vessel. Now, of course, I call it a yacht, but it's really classified as a small cruiser. The chefs on board were excellent. It wasn't complicated food. It was very simple, elegantly prepared, but very, very flavorful. And that was the thing. And I think that had a lot to do with it being so fresh. You know, they were shopping every day at local markets. I was like, look at this. This looks good. And then it tastes good. That's kind of hard to do. (laughs) It is. My favorite was the black risotto. That was my favorite. That was good. My favorite was the captain's dinner, actually. Oh, boy. It was like overwhelming, but it was so good. (laughs) And you got a, a taste of like different different meats, different vegetables. And it was just amazing. That was amazing. I took a photo of the board. I don't think we even thought what the captain's dinner was going to be like. Of course, on your big cruisers, it's always like a lobster or the same thing. And neither usually have a lot of flavor. (laughs) People are just impressed because it's lobster and uh, filet mignon. But this was a meat board, which is very traditional in Croatia. And Oh my goodness, you should have seen the looks on your faces when the tray came out. We were all in awe. (laughs) I was like a kid in the candy store. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) One of the things that caught my attention after spending so many years in the Navy is the two gentlemen that were the chefs working in that confined space, able to produce the food, the quality of the food and the presentation of the food It was nothing less than outstanding. Just understanding how they did that in that space on a daily basis and were able to feed us on a continuous basis and at a whim. If there was something that you wanted at the table that wasn't there, it was produced in a matter of seconds. It was just like they had a magic wand in the kitchen. It was was great. Yeah. And we can't leave out our bartenders. Oh, of Um, course we do. (laughs) Those Frick 75s were... (laughs) You definitely started something, Sakita. We had an entire French 75 day. I like mine a little different than yours, but the funny thing is that the bartender was very young and he didn't really know a lot of the drinks, but once you explained it to him, he did such an excellent job with creating the cocktails. Me and him had a huge uh, conversation about that French 75. He was like, well, how do you make it? I was like, okay. Listen closely. (laughs) And I told him how to make it and he nailed it. So it was good. And before I let you all go, we have to tell the story behind Lawrence and the soon to be Mrs. Sakita Gross. (laughs) She isn't currently Sakita Gross, but how did the two of you meet? 
We met on one of your trips, actually. It was the Reese trip we met. I'm polishing my nails. <laughs> so we met on that trip in 2018, actually. And we've been together ever since. And the wedding date? July 9th, 2022. Next year. Fantastic. I made a love match, y'all. I'm looking forward to seeing you on another adventure. Fiji it is. We recently returned from our trip to Croatia with a small group of travelers. For most, it was the very first trip since the pandemic. So I wanted to have a chat with some of them to share with you their experience. Joining me now is Nicole McMichael, public health professional from Maryland and hashtag Croatia Culturati Traveler. Hello, Nicole. Hello. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today. I, I, I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. And I appreciate you coming to Croatia. I know that we're still in this period of trying to figure things out as it relates to travel and as it relates to COVID and how do we navigate it all. And I know that some people were still a little bit apprehensive as far as doing an international trip. Was this your first international trip since the pandemic? Yes, it was. My last trip was to Dubai in 2019. So in November, 2019. So this is my first trip since the pandemic. Oh, wow. And you know, and mine was February of 2020, about two weeks after we returned, the whole world changed. It was on the cusp of changing while we were there and we were apprehensive going then. But then when we came back is when everything pretty much shut down. But wow, Dubai, one of my favorite destinations. So you got a chance to go there before the world changed. Yes, I did. And actually, I was planning a trip to Southeast Asia was going to be in April of 2020. And of course, the world shut down in like March. (laughs) So we had to cancel our trip. So I'm hoping to get back there, redo the trip one of these days. Absolutely. Well, what was it about this particular trip that appealed to you that said, okay, I am ready now to put my foot in the water of travel again? I guess the promotional video that (laughs) you guys had sent out, like it was everything. It just took me back to one of my favorite shows below deck. And I was just like, that is like what I want to do. And so the promotional of the trip really got me because it was, you know, the water, the food, living on like the yacht and Croatia just as a beautiful destination, Mediterranean. So I knew the food was going to be amazing, but the promotional just kind of summed up everything in a nice little bow for me. <laughs> I see. Now, did you feel like you were really ready to start traveling again? No, I wasn't. And so that was the hesitation. It was like, oh, it looks so good, but I don't know if I'm quite ready to like go anywhere because I know some people had gone somewhere domestically or gotten on a plane. I hadn't stepped a foot in the airport since I had my last trip in Dubai. So that was very kind of unnerving for me and I wasn't comfortable. And at first I was like, I'm not going to go. But Every time I see you guys post, something kept just saying, just do it. Just go. You'll have a great time. (laughs) (laughs) And so the angel on my shoulder was like, just do it. Just do it. So I committed, even though I was still like not fully 100 percent like sure if I wanted to. I just like I said, it looked like the trip of a lifetime and I didn't want to miss out. 
Yeah, and I could probably understand because you're a public health professional, so you're probably privy to a lot of other information, and you're just going to have more caution anyway because you are in the health arena. Yes, exactly. And thank you for letting me know that our marketing works. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was too hard to pass up. You only live once. Do it if you feel like 75% there. Just go ahead and pursue the trip. Well, we're glad that you did. Now, how did it feel going to the airport and getting on that first flight? Because you hadn't even traveled domestically, you said. so. No. So it was like a first time I had to get used to the whole airport scene again, like the TSA and everything. And then now we have to do it with a mask on. I was like, I don't know if I could keep this mask on for the infinite amount of time that we have to have it on. Like, Basically, I'm just used to wearing a mask going to the grocery store or going, you know, short distances or for a small period of time. I'm not used to having a mask on for like eight plus hours. You jumped in the deep end. You you, (laughs) you didn't do an hour trip. You did. (laughs) You did a long haul trip. So how was it with the mask on and being on the flight for such a long period of time? Once I got, I guess, used to the just kind of like got my mind ready, like even preparation before. And I was like, okay, you know, you have to have this mask on. So, you know, I had several masks so that if one got uncomfortable, I could change to another, or if it got too sweaty, I could just throw it away, you know, change to another. So I was prepared in that sense, but I had to keep reminding myself, you have this mask on, just keep it on the whole time. Even though I wanted to like rip it off and like take a deep breath. I was like, you know, you can't. So I just have to keep reminding myself, like just breathe and, you know, just woosah a couple of times, even when I got frustrated because it was just hot. And I was just like, I just want some fresh air. So when we finally got to split, And there was a bus that we went on from the plane to the terminal. I was like, as soon as I get out of this bus, I'm (laughs) taking this mask off and getting some of this fresh air because I just felt like so confined the whole time. But like I said, I just dealt with it because I knew it was a necessary thing we had to do. So how did you actually feel during the trip? How long did it take you to really acclimate and say, okay, I'm here. I'm just going to enjoy the experience and not necessarily, you know, think about COVID and all of these protocols? I think it took like a day. I didn't ask anybody on the trip if they were fully vaccinated, but I was hoping that that was the case. So at first it's like, do you wear the mask? Do you not? You know, like even though we had space and first meeting, the welcome dinner, I was a little uncomfortable, but everybody seemed to be very nice and personable. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to go with the flow. Everybody else is not wearing a mask. So I'll go with the flow. But it took me about a day to like, really kind of like not think about COVID so much, but it's still in the back of my mind. So when we went to other excursions where we were in a van or something, we had to wear the mask and, you know, I was just always making sure I had hand sanitizer with me and stuff like that. So I think it was the same as being at home, but you're now on vacation. So you can relax a little bit because you just follow the same COVID precautions that you would at home. Yeah. And I think that I could kind of see that with everyone, that everyone the first day, although we were all excited to just be there and off the plane that first day, we then 
all were a little apprehensive. I can kind of see it in everybody's face. And then everybody <laughs> just really relaxed. And the more days went by, the more and more relaxed we all became. But I also recognize that we still maintain those basic COVID protocols. Yes, I think we were more laid back when we were all together on the boat. But then when we went out somewhere, then we just reverted back to the same, like you said, COVID principles that we were following this whole time. Do you think you would have made the decision to go if it were a larger group or a regular size cruise? I would have, but I was glad that it was smaller. And I kept checking to see like if it was fully sold out and I didn't see that it was. So I was hoping that it wasn't going to be the large crowd, but I think it was just enough for everybody to feel very comfortable. Yeah. And was being vaccinated a reason that you decided or something that impacted your decision to go? Yes, I would not have gone abroad or probably gotten on an airplane, even domestically, if I wasn't vaccinated. I see. Well, let's talk about the trip and your overall experience. And I hope it lived up to the marketing materials that made you decide, yeah, I have to be there. (laughs) Yes, it was everything and more. Like, I think the picture, the videos give you a glimpse, but there's nothing like living it all out loud, live and in color. We were there. We had the experience. We enjoyed the food, you know, the boat, the towns, Everything that was there for us to take in, we were able to do it. And so it lived up to my expectation and more like just the little things like the tour, the cruise director and the deckhands, like everybody was so nice and accommodating and it just made for an even better experience. It really did. It was a nice group to be around. Everyone got along so well. That's one of the things that I love about our travelers is that uh, while you were a newbie, uh, majority (laughs) of the people traveling all had traveled before. So they knew somebody else on the trip, but they're very welcoming to newcomers as well. Yeah. And that was the other thing. Like I didn't know anybody. I normally don't travel solo. I normally travel with people, but the people that normally travel with me were not comfortable with going abroad just yet, you know, with the current pandemic conditions and also with the Delta variant. So I had to make the decision to go solo. And I was just like, I'm going to do it because I want to experience Croatia and all of this glory, (laughs) this glorious video package that was dangled in front of my face for a couple (laughs) months. So everybody was very welcoming the first day with open arms. I felt like I was there, you know, they were part of my family. So it was very comfortable. And I didn't feel like even though I was there, I traveled by myself, I did not feel alone or, you know, like isolated. All right. Well, thank you so much for saying that, because I think that is the beauty of traveling with not just a group, but the right group that you Mm -hmm. can travel solo, but you never feel like you're alone. What was your favorite part? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Even Um, the banana boat. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, the food, like the chefs were amazing. Just everything, the presentations to even just the simplicity of 
the options we had for breakfast. And like I said, having the three course meals every time we ate, that was amazing. The towns and the excursions we did was very fun. And I also like that it was like not a get up very, very early and be gone from, you know, sun up to sundown. I like that we had the excursion time, you know, we had a reasonable wake up time and breakfast time and then go to the excursion and then come back. And then you had time to like have some downtime, take a nap, get some sun, do whatever you wanted to do. And then we were in the next town and then you can go out and explore the town and do souvenir shopping or get a cocktail or whatever you wanted to do. Most of the time was yours besides the excursion. So I love that aspect of the trip. Any advice you would give someone who is deciding or have trepidation about traveling now? Do what you feel comfortable about. But since I got a chance to experience it, I would say do it because I felt like everywhere I went, there was some protocol in place. It wasn't like there were no protocols in place. I think that people were policing as best they could. And with that, I think because I have now experienced traveling during COVID internationally too, I feel more comfortable with taking another trip as opposed to the way I felt the nervousness or the just concerns about the unknown before I went on this trip. So I'm glad I like got my COVID first trip out of the way. So now it allows me to feel more comfortable about taking further trips. I had a fabulous time. You and Jean, you guys do a wonderful, wonderful job at just making the trip just seamless. It was totally seamless. So I appreciate that. When I come back, we'll have more from our travelers on the Culture Report. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Head on over to the website, travelingculturati.com. Check it out. And while you're there, follow us on social media and join the Travel Club. Better yet, check out Ghana, January 21st through 29, and Dubai and beyond, February 23rd through March 2nd. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born of the music, food, arts, and sometimes politics and strife. This is the Culture Report. And I'm continuing my conversation with a few of our travelers from hashtag Croatia Culturati. I am now speaking with Pam Jaquette Davis, a traveler of Advantage International before. So I was happy to see her again because it's been some time since we've traveled. This is our very first trip since the pandemic. So it's been more than a year. Our last trip was February to Fiji. And then when we came back about two weeks later, the entire world shut down. So here we are, fast forward to August of 2021, going to Croatia and with our first group. Pam, welcome. And thank you not only for joining me today, but for joining us on the Croatia program. My pleasure, Javon. 
My pleasure. I have to ask, because as I said, my last group trip was February of 2020 to Fiji. Was this your first international trip since the pandemic? Yes. The last time I had traveled internationally was in January of 2019. So it had been just about a year and a half, a little bit longer. And I was really, really wanting to get out and travel because that's a passion that I love and I know I share with you. So it had been a long time and I was ready. And when was your last trip? It was in January of 2019 and it was to Italy. It was actually something that I had to do with my family. So we really were very specific as to where we were going and what we were doing. I don't think I would even call it, you know, a vacation or a holiday. We had something to do and we did it. So a little different than, you know, traveling with you for sure. Absolutely. Well, that's even longer for you. You're talking about almost going on three years, more than two and a half years since your last international trip then. So your wanderlust must have really been (laughs) suffering a bit. Javon, I was looking at your site and I was just waiting for the date to be confirmed, the location to be confirmed. I was going to go wherever you were going to go. It didn't really matter. (laughs) But when Croatia came up, and it's a place that I've wanted to visit, I knew immediately that that's, you know, where I wanted to go. So I was very excited from day one. I'm happy to hear that. But what was it about the trip that appealed to you? Was it that you had this pent up wanderlust? Or was it the destination? It was a combination of both. I travel a lot. And so I had not been to that part of the Adriatic coastline. I had friends that had visited Croatia in the past always coming back, telling me how beautiful it was. And I really wanted to travel. I wanted to get out. Travel exhilarates me. It stimulates me. And I learn so much when I travel. So it was all of those things wrapped up into a nice present that you presented. And I said, I'm going. (laughs) Well, was there any hesitation or trepidation in that decision making? We had been through this for about a year and a half. I had been vaccinated. I am a physician, so I was very well aware of the risks and the importance of, you know, wearing a mask in certain situations, washing your hands. I was comfortable with what I could do, and I was comfortable with your ability to manage the travel as best as you could. So no, I had no trepidation at all. I think the only concern was when you had to return back to the United States, and you had to be COVID negative. And of course, that's out of your control and my control. But it was minimal. Yes, and we do have to prepare for that, because that's something that we now have to add to our checklist, the things that we need to be aware of, because if you don't produce that negative PCR test on the return or COVID test, because they will take the rapid test as well, then you have to make arrangements. What do we do from there? And that's going to involve extended stay. Yes. It's definitely going to involve extended stay. So with that being said, did you buy traveler's insurance? Yes, I did, Javon, because I thought for sure that there would be some things that may be out of our control. And I wanted to be safe as I could be as far as financial coverage of something like certainly luggage being lost or anything related to change in the itinerary. So I was blessed that I bought insurance because you may remember I was 
stranded in Dubrovnik for a day because my flight was canceled and I had to stay at that lovely hotel overnight. Yeah. Well, you know, I did have some envy because I thought, you know, if you're going to be stranded, where would you like to be stranded? How about at the Villa Dubrovnik? (laughs) Overlooking the bay and all the yachts, lovely accommodations, fantastic food and wine. Actually, I wouldn't have minded if they had canceled another day. But, you know, one day was sufficient enough for several of us to go up to the cable car and, you know, do something different, go out to dinner. We had a lovely time. Travel insurance certainly helps ease the stress of that. Now, I know that you may have had commitments on the other end and maybe had to juggle some things there. And sometimes when your schedule is disrupted, it is a disruption. So you have to deal with it in that sense. But having traveler's insurance, because I advocate for it, for that reason that you just mentioned, you're talking about a flight that was canceled by the airline for mechanical reasons, having to spend an extra night at the destination, not to your own doing, and then all of those other expenses that came along with that, that travel insurance takes care of. But in the event there was an issue with not being able to produce a negative COVID test, there would have been protection for that as well. And not just the extended stay, but they have a concierge service. Most travel insurance does, and certainly the three that we recommend where they can assist you. They have that global assistance so they can really help you out in those ways. Was this the first time you had bought traveler insurance or do you normally get it? Actually, I don't normally get it. I think it was the second time in about 25 years that I've purchased the traveler's insurance. But because of this experience, I assure you, I'll be getting traveler's insurance on most of my travels in the future. I think it's better to be, as you say, comfortable, safe. You know, you don't have to have that added worry. Absolutely. Well, in March of this year, I went to Croatia and I had been before, but I hadn't been to all of the places that we went to. And I wanted to not only see the destination again, but I wanted to be in the destination and to see how it felt during this time of COVID. How did you feel during the trip? I felt very comfortable. I wore a mask if I thought it was important to wear a mask if I was inside somewhere. But, you know, most of our activities were outside. You know, I washed my hands. I followed the usual protocols. So I had no concerns at all. And I think that feeling was what contributed to having a wonderful time on the trip because all of us were together. We all had the similar concerns about COVID because we're all from the United States. We knew we had to have a negative test coming back. But other than that, I thought it was quite an open experience with no reservations at all. I think that, as you said, we were all respectful and mindful of each other. And we just kind of felt like we were all in this together. Yes, yes. (laughs) And so we all wanted to make sure that we all were able to go back home. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Uh, Tell me about your overall experience on the trip. Well, you know, I have to be partial (laughs) when we talk about you and Jean, because I've traveled with you before. So I never have a concern about the accommodations or the activities we're going to take part in or where we're going to, you know, eventually spend the time together. We always find time to spend together as a group. This particular trip, because it was so much smaller 
made it even more family-like, where we really got to know the travelers. We talked, we dined together, we hiked, we swam, you know, we did a lot of things together. And that made it very close. And I can tell you that I've been in contact with everybody that was on that trip since I've left. And that's the first time that that's ever happened, where everybody responded. So it was just a delightful experience. The beauty of the islands and the cities were, it is just fantastic. You're almost giving me goosebumps here. I mean, you know, we love what we do. And we cherish the experiences that we have. And we cherish the experiences that we curate for everyone. So we get so much enjoyment when we see our travelers enjoying the destination and just the overall experience. So thanks for that validation. (laughs) I really do appreciate that. What was your favorite part of the destination of Croatia? What was the thing that stuck out the most? Everybody talks about the beauty. The water was so crystal clear all the way up to the edge to the coastline. The cities were clean. The food was fresh. When we went to one of the homes, one of the stops, they made a salad, you know, with the cheese and the olives and olive oil and the bread. I mean, it was just so delicious. So I was watching the gentleman make our salad. He literally walked outside to his garden, plucked his peppers and tomatoes, cut them right there in front of me and made the plate. I mean, this couldn't be more farm to table. I mean, this was the freshest food, the freshest fish. You know, it was just wonderful. And I think that's what, aside from the beauty, the natural beauty of where we were, the freshness of the food was fantastic. I mean, I came back home saying, okay, no more processed anything. It's all Mediterranean. It's all fresh. And I looked to see if I could make a garden in my backyard. I mean, this was serious. So it left a great impression on me. We might have to have a part two, maybe look at some of the other islands between Split and Dubrovnik. I tell people all the time, if you want to travel, you have to travel the way Javon and Jean travel. Well, thank you again. And let's look forward to 2022 and some more travel adventures. I'm up for Dubai. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's ready and waiting for you. Next week, I'm falling in love with fall one of my favorite seasons of the year. So be sure to tune in for the things we can love about the fall season. And of course, more travel news and travel tips. Well, that's it for the show today. Wherever you go, go with all your heart. Confucius. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information.